0: Season two, episode two of Hedging Happiness. Joined by Luke Michu, as always, we're here to continue talking about college football. We've got some big news this week. We had the college football playoff with some exciting, interesting, depending on your view. They came out with some news that they're expanding to 12 teams. We'll talk about some of the updated AP, how some of the week one games went our picks with week 1 and then week 2 games as well with our picks and our units followed by the return the return of the snake draft. This week we are doing best Heisman winners. So, I think, you know, as usual, people love the snake drafts at the end. We had to bring them back. First time bringing it back in season 2. Excited to that. Luke, how we doing, man?
1: Good. I think that was a pretty crazy uh, first week of football. First week of college football. I uh, have to give a shout out to my wife who protected my Saturday pretty well. I was in Canton, Ohio, visiting her family, and she made sure that I was able to watch football for most of the day. So, uh, yeah. Did you guys that. have
0: a, a baby shower going on, or what was going on in Canton?
1: Yeah, we were there. We were there all weekend, but there was a baby shower on Sunday. So saturday was completely blocked off from uh 12 until whenever the no i mean we were watching oregon state boise state late into the night so it it was an all-day affair
0: and the baby shower went well
1: yeah yeah it was good we got a lot of stuff you can see it behind me there are boxes like up to the ceiling almost we got to figure out exactly where we're going to put all of it um
0: it looks like you're just being suffocated by this room. Like, from last week to this week, it's just slowly caving into you. And you have no room to breathe.
1: I mean, it's literally everywhere. This is baby room slash podcasting room, like I said before. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be a Monday night football game right there for prime time? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, ba- baby or podcasting hour. <laughs> that would be funny, but... Before we talk football, I know this year we kind of wanted to get more conversational, and this isn't related to college football, but I have to bring it up because it's been on my mind. It's something that every morning or you know, most mornings when I take the dog for a walk, I usually have to send out a text early in the morning. Luke is our commissioner for our college fantasy football league, just took it over so for our
1: Notre Dame men's soccer pro fantasy football league
0: yes yes correct and my goal so far has been just try to ruffle feathers and you know stir controversy create chaos and that's what every morning I try to send a text to kind of get the rest of the members involved get them going and try to make it as difficult as possible for Luke I want to know how that's going for you. How, what pressures are you feeling of being a newly appointed commissioner?
1: So I love, respect all the owners in my league. I am, I am honored to be their commissioner, and I only hope that I wake up every morning, whereas you look to take down the league, I wake up every morning looking to do right by the owners and the best for the league. All right, with that being said, what is your real answer? I, this league is the biggest pain in my ass ever. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it, it just everyone's got everyone it's the biggest bunch of complainers I've ever heard. And and everyone think like we do I do, you know, I implement all these polls and votes and we say okay, we're going to go with whatever the majority says. And then someone's like, well, I don't like what they said. Let's do a revote. And then someone and I say, you know, you gotta get X number of votes to do a revote. And then they somehow get the X number of votes, we revote. Someone else doesn't like it. People aren't people are like, it's like pulling teeth trying to get people to pay. I have to implement all these garbo rules that nobody likes, but they have to be there because no one follows anything. It's uh it has been an adventure so far. I think the worst is behind. Us though, once the season kicks off, it'll be, I think it'll be a lot easier. The draft was flawless as expected. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's been a turbulent time. I mean, we, we took over from, you know, I think everyone would agree just inept, inadequate, uh, commissioners, people weren't paid, draft, people had difficulty getting into the draft. I mean, every anything's going to be a step up from there. So that's a low bar to beat. But I, th- I I think we're 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 striving for more than that in in our co-commissionership.
0: Yeah, you guys have done okay so far. Another question on the same topic: Who, which person, has been the biggest thorn in your
1: side? So, it's easy to say Vince Cicerelli because he just he is just a contrarian. But once you once you understand and realize that. You actually realize he is beneficial to the league because the more chat that goes on, just the tighter everyone gets. And I see that as the goal of the league overall. So that, that with that in mind, Beesler, you know, is always trying to ruffle feathers. But I, I've learned that about Beasler since, like, sophomore, junior year in college. So it, it, that doesn't necessarily get to me. The biggest pain by far, there's two of them. And they're both contrarians and they just don't like doing what other people say it's it's like alpha male mentality to to the extreme one is grant vandy castile and two is andrew caparo caparo's been uh in training though for uh his new job so he's been a little less vocal but getting grant to pay up was like such a I i was about to make him forfeit games he wasn't paying money i didn't know what else to do so I We got him to pay. Everyone's everyone's paid their amount, and uh, the, it should go smoothly from here on out.
0: Luke gave me a call. I think it was Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and he's like, hey, man. He's like, first of all, he texts me. He's like, you got a minute? I was <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. I was like, "What? What? what's going on here? Like, calls me. He's like, hey, man, I got a problem. I was like, all right, yeah, shoot. I'm here for you. He's like, Grant, Grant won't pay. So then I was like, okay, well. Take a deep breath, Nick. Like, thought something was actually wrong. <laughs> Grant won't pay. I don't know what to do. Should I make him forfeit? It's only like at this point, it's only X amount of the entry fee or whatever it is. He still owes it. I don't know what I should do. I was like, why don't you text Max? They hang out a fair amount and let Max deal with it. And it sounds like Max kind of took care of it. We well, more or less did your dirty work.
1: No, I actually didn't end up texting Max. I ended up texting. Grant and he like Venmoed me, like all of it except for a cent, you know. And he, you know, but I knew Max told him that he could do the cent, so Grant knew that he had actually paid. But the the biggest issue is that when like if these if people don't want to play ball, it's not as easy as just kicking them out of the league because the overarching goal of the league is to run a good league, but more so to make sure everyone like stays in the league because. It is kind of like a way to keep in touch with people. So Grant like ha- always had that over me. He always had like, I can't kick him out. You know, I the most I could do was make him forfeit. But ultimately, I, I don't know what did it for him. I think I think he's actually uh, putting together a, a counter campaign for next year against me. Um, team, I can't th- th- wait for that. Yeah, this league is so contrarian. I, I don't expect to win. But I I do deserve to win, and when I say I, I mean we. Patrick Hodan is my co-commissioner, but he's been busy as well. So it's
0: early doors to consider yourself winning and having a successful league when we haven't even kicked off the regular season. But I mean, the worst thing so you can far, do I,
1: this is like firing a head coach in college football before he's had a chance to bring in his recruits and do all his things. Like I'm just I'm just clean. I'm still cleaning up shop from the last set of commissioners that were here before me. You don't even know what it's going to be like in a year or two when I have my guys in and have my my policies in place.
0: So far, you've done a good job. I'll give you you your credit. So far, it's been good. So congrats on that. Congrats on the compliment. It's
1: going on the resume. All right.
0: I had to get that off. You know, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? This is, it's fun for me. Let's throw this out here. Let's talk about it. Let's move on to college football now. We have the news that in 2026 the college football playoff will be expanded from 4 teams to 12. What are your thoughts? Give me give me your opinions on this.
1: Yeah, so I actually I've actually like listened to a couple of people that a couple of podcasts that I enjoy hearing and I've heard two interesting takes. One is that this is very good for college football and should have been done earlier because the, the bar for... And this is from, I think it's Joel, Joel Klatt. The bar for success was always set for basically half the teams in the Power Five make the college football playoff or it's an unsuccessful season. And that was the measure of success. And really, I think it was 12 teams had made the college football playoff. 12 unique teams had made the college football playoff since its, since its inception in 2014. And... So these teams can go on the recruiting trail and say, we want, we made it the college football playoff. We always make it. And then there's a big drop-off between the top four and then the rest saying like, you know, you, you, those, the rest can't say we made the college football playoff. So there's a huge recruiting advantage in that. Whereas if you have 12 teams make it, then one to 12 can say the same thing. And only one team in the end can say we won it all. So that was like one side. And I, I do agree with that. You open it up more, it makes qualifying less important. The other issue, or the issue that arises is now, I think even more than ever, you're going to have the exact same teams in the semifinal because two lost Bama, two lost Ohio State, two lost Georgia are going to get in as a 8 or 9 or 10 or whatever it is, and then they're going to play you know, I don't even, a Penn State team and, and crush them. The only reason Georgia has two losses is because their schedule is so difficult or Bama similarly. It's not because they don't have the best players and so now you let those teams sneak in, they're definitely going to make the semifinal and I think the semifinal final becomes a lot more the same. I don't know what the, if there's a solution. I think expanding it to 12 is a step in the right direction though. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think I, I when I first was thinking about it i definitely leaned on the second opinion of that you just gave out of right now there's not enough parity so Mm -hmm. we just saw three play 11 right week one and that game was 49-3 to georgia beating oregon we're gonna have those games in the football playoff and they're gonna be boring games to watch we're gonna have the same four teams in the playoff at the end of the year like you were saying So part of me is like, why even do it? But then going to your first point of opening it up, I think it's potentially – the only way it's going to work is if it's a longer-term solution, right? Because this – in 2026, we're not going to know the team. We might have an idea of teams that could potentially make it. I don't know if they'll address that in the next three or four years, right?
1: Well, they have – they have – uh, Sick. The top six conference winners, and I, I don't know which conferences those are. I assume the main ones, and then some others, and then the six like at large. But that could completely so, yeah. change in the next three years, right? Two years. Yeah.
0: Well, if they keep it that way, then you know, at the end of every regular season and you know, conference championship weekend, you would know the teams that would make it. My point that I'm getting to is. In the next three years, I don't see that changing. I still think the teams that are on top are going to stay on top. I think if there is going to be change, it's going to have to be in 10 years when people can consistently make the claim, hey, we've made the playoff now two straight years, come to our school. Yeah. Hey, we've made the playoff five straight years, come to our school. And the part that is upsetting is, for you know, for a lot of the regular season not upsetting, the part that's controversial is for a lot of the regular season games, they'll mean a little bit more to a lot of teams that are good, you know, good to great, but not even close to being elite. None of the regular season games matter for Bama, Georgia, these top four teams like you were saying. If they slip up, like Alabama slipped up to Georgia, or excuse me, Texas A&M regular season last year, they go to the SEC championship. They have to win that game. If they don't win that game, we're, we are were talking, they probably don't get in. And clearly they were a good enough team to be in the final. It was a couple of injuries. That game could be different. Who knows? But it, it just puts the pressure on these teams that they can't lose two games. Like you said, that pressure's gone out the window. I, I think for, you know, until 2030, we're probably going to be seeing the same teams or, you know, depending on coaching changes and whatnot. But that's how I kind of see it.
1: It definitely takes away, it takes away from the regular season, which to me, like, makes college football college football. The NFL, you can have six losses and make the, the playoff and it doesn't matter. In college football, you have two losses and you're probably out that's no longer the case or that will no longer be the case and i just wonder how much it takes away from people's interest in the regular season right now you know it it's every game's do or die but when you can when you know you can have two losses you know do you do you sit do you sit players for a game do you show all of your do you show your playbook i you know i i'm sure you do but it's uh, there's a lot of question marks with yeah. it yeah
0: the thing I'm curious too is how long then does the twelve team playoff go? when does it go to sixteen when do you know it's people generally aren't happy with anything, so they're always looking to change things up. You know we had the b c s that didn't work, and we had the- po- football playoff and then we needed more teams. when do we need more teams it's it'll be trial and error, and that's I feel like you're you know. Writing a fine line when you're when you're trying out these new things.
1: I do wonder if the six-team conference champion is, and I was actually surprised this happened because that that signals to me that they're trying to keep like keep it from becoming two super conferences or three super conferences. So like you know, Oregon in the Pac-12 is now incentivized to stay in the Pac-12 because. They can win it, and, and uh, there's obviously money at play. But from a, just a football standpoint, stay in the Pac-12, win it every year, make the playoff every year, versus joining the Big Ten or the SEC somehow, and and you know being in a dogfight to make the top twelve. So I, I thought that was interesting. I'm, and it was unanimous. That was like the thing. There was a unanimous vote to make it happen. Um, and I was surprised that like SEC and Big Ten signed off on that. We'll see. I. That's a
0: good point. I do think they would be trying to do everything they can to kind of keep that tradition of college football with the conferences. Um, yeah. Good point, though. All right. Well, that's our football playoff talk. Let's move on to week one. What are? Give me some overreactions. I want. I week yeah. one Overreactions. So this is
1: this like, I'm trying to be more anal, not analytical, just more thoughtful, more disciplined. Trying to be more disciplined, less emotional, less emotional, less like swings and like going from week one to week two is a, a classic moment of like emotion. This team sucks. This team's awesome. Like if I were to give you an overreaction, it would be Florida is was completely underrated to start the season. They are going to make a run at the, They're going to make a run at second in the SEC East, and there's a big drop between them and the next best team because Anthony like Richardson is the next, because Anthony Richardson's the next, you know, better than sliced bread.
0: He's awesome.
1: He looked very good. He looked very He's good. awesome. That, that is
0: your, he's your, when you make a guy in Madden or NCAA football, that's the guy that you make. Yeah. You make him really big, really strong, the fastest guy who can throw the ball 700 yards. That's, I, that's him.
1: Look, I agree, and I think you put him on... Any of the top four teams, based on this one game, if you put him on any of the top four teams, like he's gonna st- start, maybe, maybe, maybe not over Bryce Young, but maybe over the next three. But Florida has like it's not just a quarterback game, and I think you know I think you'll see that this weekend. So my my overreaction would be Florida is a top ten team. My Disciplined approach is Florida has a really good quarterback, but the rest of the team might be lacking.
0: I like it. I, yeah, that's, that is an overreaction. I don't even know if this is an overreaction, but this was just a reaction of Georgia's incredible again. (laughs) They, they could win the whole thing. No, I was wrong when I was like, I don't know about them. They're, they lost, and you said it's reload, not rebuild. And yeah. They are incredible. So good. Their offense is so much better than it was last year. Just another year of Stetson. They have players every. I, man, I'm getting worked up. What do you I, think? My reaction is an overreaction to my reaction, if that makes what, sense.
1: What do you think? So, my cousin Taylor, who was on the show, bet after week one on Stetson Bennett to win the Heisman. And I was like, that's actually a really interesting bet. He looked. He was doing things that are Heisman moments, right? The scramble, throw, escape. What do you think his odds were?
0: I still feel like he's very disrespected, and I would put him at twenty-five hundred.
1: Yeah, it's two. I think it was two thousand. Yeah, but it's not Which a bad. Seems bet. Like a good. Yeah. No,
0: it's not a bad bet because he's going to be on the best team. He's going to have the best players. He has sometimes. He all he has to do is throw the ball two yards, and he has a chance of that guy taking it to the house
1: he had he went 25 for 31 for 368 yards and two tds that's those aren't bad numbers they're not heisman numbers because i mean but they're also playing they're also playing bryce young
0: went for like 505
1: yeah they played (laughs) whatever he Utah State yeah
0: Yeah, no, they're different competition, but yeah, I mean, it's not a bad, it's not a bad sprinkle, it's not a bad, you know, little gamble, it kind of, that could be a Joe Burrow situation. Now, he's obviously not Joe Burrow, everybody calm down a little bit, not comparing Stetson to, to Joe Burr, but it, you know, a guy that's somewhat under the radar and crazy that he is, even though he just won a national championship, but I think it's the, his ability, he's not your prototypical quarterback, he doesn't. Last year he was a game manager. It, it just comes down to does he step it up this year?
1: And he's likable. I think that's like a big un, an underrated thing. Like people like Stetson Bennett because he, what was he like? He wasn't a walk on, was he? But he, you know, was. I
0: think he was. He okay? Yeah. He so, like got, he like was there. Left the team. Went to JUCO. Came back and yeah. kind of a sweet story.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like that that goes that plays really well on ESPN right before right before Christmas. I could see it. Especially if Georgia's undefeated and beats Bama in the SEC championship game. I could definitely see it. Yeah.
0: I like it. I, I They're a good team. Do, Do you, you have a, any other overreactions?
1: Yeah. The other one would be... It would be about the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. And it would be that Notre Dame sucks and Ohio State isn't going to be the same offense as last year. I would say this game played out exactly like we discussed. Like, it was very similar to the Oregon-Ohio State game last year that I went to. The only difference is Notre Dame did not have an offense that night. Like, the even the one drive they scored, the touchdown, or both drives, say, just some, like, very funky, lucky plays to get into scoring territory. And then not much after that. Like, the second half got completely shut out. And I don't know if... Notre Dame not having an offense is an overreaction or not because they were horrible like you knew when Ohio State eclipsed 10 points Notre Dame didn't have a shot the, the question is like is that quarterback their guy do you think
0: yeah so I'll, I'll briefly talk about the game I don't want to talk too much but it like you said it played out kind of how we thought it would a little bit of rust can Notre Dame just slow them down they did that 17 and a half points was too much for Ohio State to cover I think there was maybe the first half you thought there could be a chance Notre Dame could maybe win but the reality of it was it was sinking in I was like all right Notre Dame's not going to win this game they should be able to cover the points that's what happened if that game was one more quarter Ohio State covers the point you know the the quarterback controversy and I was talking to Mike watching the game my brother Mike and I'm in two thought processes here I think one the atmosphere the whole going into Columbus your first career start new coach I think that can get to a young quarterback I don't think he had any idea what was coming at him he had no idea who was going to be open on any plays so I look at it as you know okay one game, really good team, really hard place to play. He's surely gonna grow as the season goes on. As will that offense. The point my brother was making, and I thought about it a little bit more. He doesn't look the part. As in, you look at C.J. Stroud. He wasn't even. He wasn't that sharp that game. You look at Bryce Young, the guy from Kentucky. Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. These guys, when they throw the ball. They've got zip on their ball. Like they they can put it in a spot and it'll get there quick. I don't really see it with Buckner. I don't know if he can be a good enough passer. He could be an okay college quarterback due to his mobility. I just don't know if he is the guy. I don't know if Notre Dame has the guy. I think that's going to be the biggest position as well as their maybe wide receivers. For Notre Dame to like finally make a step and be considered a contender because right now they're they're not contenders they're right on the bubble of maybe they get into the fourth right in college football the way I look at it you've got three teams the fourth team is hey we made it we're gonna lose the first game in the college football playoff and Notre Dame's been in that territory for five years now yeah. so that's that's kind of, that's how I feel I I do think it will get better they just they're not they're not close enough to the top teams though that no. offense isn't
1: you're not gonna be able to do it without a quarterback right and i think that's very similar to what we'd say about clemson i i, I don't know if you watch that game monday night but their defense that defensive line is so good like they are just they basically run through the offensive line like nobody's there and i get it it's georgia tech but when you don't have a quarterback you're you're they were i think they're either losing in that game or within a score like through halftime really close yeah and and they ended up winning 41-10 and covering easily but man like if you don't have a quarterback it doesn't really matter what else you do have because you gotta score points now
0: completely agree and that's Notre Dame Clemson's closer than Notre Dame is because their defense is better but I think Notre Dame has been catching up on the recruiting ends of it where they could maybe make that, well, I don't even say make that jump because Clemson's won, right? So they've clearly done it. I don't think Notre Dame's too far away off. However, they will never get there if they don't get their guy at quarterback.
1: I got to ask you about another game. I think you watched it. LSU and Florida State. Did you see the end of it? Yeah,
0: so I didn't watch it. I, I had a game, and I saw the highlights, though. That's awesome. It's, it's awesome. I, 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 I we lost were, two we units. We were both on... So satisfying seeing Brian Kelly squirm in the post-game interviews, and just, oh, those guys are
1: gonna hate him. Oh, and I, I've been on the, the Tennessee chat boards, obviously, and apparently after the game, was I think Keyshawn Butte... Their wide, like what wide receiver, maybe like top three wide receiver in the country, like did nothing that game, and and he looked totally disinterested, like taking off plays, like he had a slant into the end zone, he the quarterback hit him in the leg, like he wasn't even looking for the ball, and after the game, I think he removed everything LSU related from his Twitter or Instagram, and then two other receivers did the same thing, and it just feels like there's a culture culture battle going on there. Brian Kelly comes in trying to they're,
0: they're not even close to being on the same page in terms of no. culturally
1: fitting. No. And and maybe that's uh, maybe that's why they brought him in to fix whatever poor culture they have, but man, it looked it didn't. It's not how you want to lose, especially a, they had a block field goal, a block extra point. Just some Poor game management, and and then you have this, you know, internal strife with the players. It's just not a good look. And I mean, as Tennessee, we go to LSU this this year, and that game is now very winnable,
0: for sure. And the thing is, LSU was never supposed to be that great of a team. Their win total was eight, around there, seven and a half or eight. Mm -hmm. So. They weren't supposed to be good, great by any means, but this has a feeling of you know. Sometimes first year coaches come in, and they it takes time to put their stamp on it. This feels like if things continue to go south for Kelly and LSU, there's no, there's no like there's no there's no way to recover from it. But like it's,
1: it's going to be over. They're paying him ninety million dollars or something right isn't that the contract it's like 9 years 10 million dollars a year it's you can't fire this guy you'll be like so crippled i look i it's one game it's an overreaction but it it might take time for the for him to turn the ship around or just to get everybody on board and and yeah. and lsu won't take lightly to losses like if he has a couple bad seasons like 7 and 5 seasons then they're, I don't. Maybe they won't be af- afraid to fire him, but that's a, that's an overreaction. We'll see how he if he beats Bama or has a big win in there, all will be right in the world.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like it though. I just I love love seeing some early struggles for him, especially just with all the things that happened in the off season. Him like, welcome to my family. <laughs> we, we just all of that was so
1: cringeworthy,
0: and I I didn't mind even though we thought they were going to cover. I didn't uh. mind seeing them lose, especially in that fashion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was right. uh, That was not a good it was for good my to see. bets. Yeah.
0: No, was, yeah, but that's let's transition that into then week two. Do we want to talk about any games or do we just want to get into our games? It's not that heavy of a slate. We've got a couple top twenty five matchups. Kentucky takes on Florida back in the swamp. We have what there's a I'm blanking on. There's another top 25. Ba- well,
1: Bama goes to Texas. that's Bama a big goes one. to
0: Texas and K- Tennessee. They play Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, Tennessee at Pittsburgh.
0: So it's. I wouldn't say it's the best slate, but it's. It certainly could be worse early on.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, this is a. I mean, for me, this is a huge week, and I and. I'll I'll jump in to one of the big games and my game and a game that I picked. It's the Kentucky, Florida uh game. It's number twenty Kentucky at number twelve Florida. People people are called like my Tennessee group calls me crazy for betting against Anthony Richardson in Florida, but Tennessee is very we're like a, we have like battered Vol syndrome. Like we just are terrified of Florida no matter what. And that what we saw on Saturday night was was incredible from Anthony Richardson, and we can easily see it happening to us. But I do think this Florida team has holes in it that aren't at quarterback. I don't know how good their defense is. And I think actually Kentucky's a pretty well-rounded team with a, a solid quarterback. So I'm getting four and a half points here. I jumped on it a little bit too early. It's now up to five and a half, but... I'm gonna roll with Kentucky as they go into the swap. I think this will be a pretty even game, one where Kentucky could actually control the majority of it.
0: I like it. I don't think I would've got on that game. I do think Kentucky has a good chance to win that game outright. It's, it's a classic trap game in a sense for Florida. You're coming off a huge win. Who knows what these guys have been doing all week. They stayed on campus the whole week. They're probably out partying. They're college kids, so that's what you do in college, right? I can, I, I do think this game is will be telling for Florida. If they come out, they look really good, and they win this game. Now, I'm not saying college football playoff or anything like that, but I do think write them down for eight, nine wins if they win this game for sure.
1: If they wipe the floor with Kentucky, if they beat them by anywhere from... 10 anything over 10 I think people will be like okay I wonder how they're going to play against Georgia how is Anthony Richardson going to play against a Georgia D because Kentucky's like Kentucky is not a a blue blood but they are certainly a better football team than people give them credit for I mean they're they're number 20 right now oh and I uh, I put only one unit on this game so
0: nice one unit It's fu- it's funny though I mean Utah probably should have won that game
1: I know I know. They like
0: they, inter, interception inside the, you know, ten yard line, thirty seconds left. But that quarterback doesn't make that play very often, and unfortunately, he did. But we could be going into week two saying, "All right, Kentucky or Florida looked pretty good. They they hung in there. Ultimately, they they didn't get it done. Utah is a, a strong team, and now they're kind of flipped. Does Utah have enough? No, they don't. They couldn't. You know,
1: one play. Game of inches." Yeah, it's amazing, and, and and that's a thing that I think Florida's getting the benefit of. We always got told us in soccer is that wins mask mistakes and and wins mask weaknesses, and I think that could be what's happening with Florida. I hope that's what's happening.
0: Could be. So, all right, one unit on Kentucky, four and a half. I'll go get into my picks. Okay. I, so I'm, I need to ask for some clarification here <laughs> because. I, we've never done this before, and it's Wednesday. The games are played. We're recording on Wednesday. The games come out, so, you know, they play them on Saturday, so there's a lot that can maybe happen. I have two picks for sure that I want to get locked in. Okay. And I, ha- I have a third that I will talk about, but I don't want to officially lock it in yet.
1: Is that fair game? Why? I guess why don't you want to lock it in?
0: Because I I, my confidence level isn't quite high enough yet.
1: And so is... It's just like a feel thing. It's not like, oh, I it's, want this line it, to move.
0: It's there's something fishy about it, and I want to get to the reason why. I don't understand. I want to hear some more opinions from people that are in the area. I, right. I will say present it, it I, I'll present it, and then
1: we'll figure it out.
0: I'll say it. I'll say it, and I won't change the game. It'll be the same game. So I won't like. I'm not going to come in with just a random game that's you know we'll we we'll, if you let me we'll tweet it out and we'll add it to the list if not then you know tough luck
1: that's fine as I'll long say, as it's out, I'll as save, al- out yeah as long as it's out before saturday
0: yeah i'll save it for the last pick for me okay my first pick we're going to stick with one units again and my first pick is going to be this could be an overreaction pick
1: i know it's going to be what is it i'm guessing it's BYU no oh. not
0: BYU So I'm going to take North Carolina-Georgia State game. I'm going to take the over 64-and-a-half because what I've seen from this North Carolina team is this quarterback is pretty darn good. He's very good. And their defense is pretty darn bad. It's poopy. They are horrible. So week one, they've played two games now, and that's why I I like the fact that they've played twice already because Mm -hmm. I have got two games to pull from. The first game they played, Famu, and they gave up twenty, some, I think like 17 to 20 points In that region to that team They just play Deion Sanders team on television And I was watching some of that game They lost 50 something to Zero, FAMU did <laughs> So Clearly North Carolina's defense Isn't very good if they're getting shut out to Jackson State who I actually think is a Solid team, however 40 points in the fourth Quarter to to app state, it was in like one 30, of the craziest games of all time.
1: It was like thirty-five points in the lat, or thirty-something points in the last like two and a half minutes. I was, I bet this game. I was like a side bet, and I, I thought I said I had won like four times before the game actually ended. Yeah,
0: because they couldn't, they can't stop anybody, and they're dumb. They yeah. They take kicks back when they don't... It's... Oh, that
1: killed me. That was like the dumbest. I'm like screaming at Aaron's, ha- Aaron's family. Go out of bounds. Kneel it. Something. And he dives in and is celebrating. I'm like, you idiot.
0: <laughs> this guy for North Carolina took returned an onside kick for a touchdown with 30 seconds left. And if he just sits down on the ground, they win the game. Instead, he's, he's a college kid who wanted a touchdown crazy like app state came back scored and it made it a lot more interesting but that's my pick one unit i i just i feel like i don't really like going on the over under because you get stressed early if it's not going your way and it's i don't know but i just think this if georgia state scores a couple unc is kind of electric on offense so i like it i like a 40 to 20 something game
1: something over 25
0: (laughs) yeah I like
1: it though. I don't mind it. I mean, if the the UNC quarterback is very very good, very good.
0: The, the the thing I like about this game, I believe the spread is within 10 points. It's 7 to 10. So, it's supposed to be a close game, which I don't think I'll have the problem of UNC going out scoring 50 and Georgia State scoring 10. Like it's supposed to be a close game. So, I like the High, the mid to th- high 30s in this game for both teams.
1: I don't mind it. So. I, uh, my second game, I'm taking Mississippi State minus 10 and a half at Arizona. And I'm, I'm writing a little bit of what you were saying about Arizona last week. I think this could be a, an overreaction line for the San Diego State game. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't really know Arizona or San Diego State, but to go from one win to like having a real team, I don't see it happening. And I think Mississippi State is a team in the SEC that doesn't get a lot of credit for when they play well because everyone knows they're not going to make it and they're not a, a, a historically good program. So I, uh, I think this could be a come down game for... It's a reverse overreaction. I'm, I'm betting against Arizona... Mississippi State, minus 10.5. Yeah,
0: I had that on my short list, same bet. I just couldn't get burned by Arizona. Kind of what you were saying, don't get emotional. I I guess you could say it's the opposite, because I am getting emo. I, I just don't want to <laughs> lose with Arizona twice. And they absolutely...
1: Then they become the that team for you. Of, they become the they team that, that you the can't beat.
0: off of San Diego State. And they did get a new transfer. I think he's a Pac-12 freshman of the year, newcomer of the year whatever it was last year transfers to arizona he had a good game i don't know that just i'm getting rid of that san diego state team after week one that was one of my losses i i like to pick though i agree with you in the mindset of arizona there's no way they can turn it around in one season like against a solid sec team
1: yeah a, like a very solid team so yeah That's that's a a one-unit bet for me. Yeah, it's a one-unit.
0: Okay. My next pick is also one-unit. I'm going to stick with the SEC. I'm going to take Bama. Oh. Bama at Texas, minus 20.5. I think Texas is getting closer to being back, but I don't think they're back yet. I think Bama is going to steamroll. This is a statement game for them. I feel like I've seen these games before with Bama. And the line seems high, but it's not high enough.
1: You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Bama opening against uh Miami last year. And I took Miami at like minus seventeen and I was like, it's just too high. It's too early in the season and then they lost like what was it, like fifty something to some teen and it wasn't even close. It I I I agree with you, it's a lot of points, as which is what scares me, but it uh it fits the script, right? Yeah, and I'm trying not to be scared. I know it's a lot of points, but
0: if there's a team that can put up a lot of points while limiting points, it's Bama. They're number one for a reason. I read something that Texas, they're, they've got their new transfer quarterback, but they have a very inexperienced offensive line, and quarterback play doesn't matter that much if you don't have time. So I'm hoping Will Anderson and company can just make – Quinn Ewers' day, a living nightmare.
1: I mean, know? Sark is already downplaying this game. He's already saying, "Oh, everyone wants to put all this, you know, weight in this game. They think it defines our season. It doesn't." He's already prepping media, team boosters for the loss. I it's, yeah, and
0: you know, he's probably not telling his team that. Obviously, he's yeah, but they read the they read the like, clippings. Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's a lot of points, but I'm gonna stick. With it. Bama's done it enough years, like, the start the season where they blow teams that they should blow out of the water. So I'm going to stick with that for one unit.
1: It's fair. They come out of the gates running. Um, my last game is the South Carolina at Arkansas. And Arkansas is minus... I got them at minus seven and a half. I... Two... This is a two-unit bet for me. And... The reason is I watched Arkansas play Cincinnati, and they have, like, they have some guys on that offense. I think, honestly, one of the scarier parts for me is K.J. Jefferson. I think he's very hot and cold, but what I saw I liked, and I don't know how bad that Cincinnati team was, or will be, but I did like what I saw from Arkansas, and I just think South Carolina is a complete joke. I think their head coach, Shane Beamer, is a Huge clown, just celebrating for everything, just totally blown out of proportion. They they kind of struggled out of the gates against Georgia State uh, until later in the game. South Carolina just not where they they're not they're in the bottom tier of the SEC, and I think Arkansas is a team that's rising. I I do think a little bit. I'm trying to make Arkansas my team this year for for betting purposes just underrated all the way through so i'm i'm gonna keep riding them minus at minus seven and a half
0: i like that pick because it was one that i had kind of circled as well just guess i like the other games better but that is one i think you'll be looking good after that game i like it that's
1: all i'll show it I get my sure uh, my two. I did my two unit bet on Sunday afterwards it was a huge swing bet and it, and it went the wrong way on me with LSU but this time it's the 11am central time kickoff so I'll like know where I'm standing for the weekend like right from the get go trying something different
0: trying something different okay are we ready for my question mark
1: now? yeah for all this hoopla over this bet it better be I have a yeah. good reason
0: it doesn't have a good reason
1: tell me it's a tennessee game
0: it's not tennessee i'm very interested about that game though this is uh usc at stanford
1: interesting and
0: it's it was like 10 or nine points and i just checked it before the pod and it's at seven and a half
1: oh i i see it on espn at nine right now that's
0: yeah so good so it's seven and a half and i'm just curious why that seems like fool's gold that's a trap line.
1: I, it is. It is.
0: <laughs> and I, I need to know, part of the reason why I'm holding back is I feel like I kind of understand USC. I Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, I don't know anything about Stanford right now. Nothing. So I need to dig a little bit deeper into the well to figure out what makes Stanford almost a one touchdown, you know, one touchdown worse than USC. Yeah. They... Well, you're like... What are your thoughts? Like, can I can I think about it a little bit more and then get back to you with the, Like, because the line could go back up to nine. In which case, I'm like, you know what? I, I lost my chance. I'm out.
1: Yeah, if it's if it's non injury related, I think you'll probably hit it. I I'm I stay away from USC this year. I think it's a very popular pick with Lincoln Riley being there. But to, to their credit, they covered it, crushed covered uh in their first game so yeah if it's really seven and a half that that's a very interesting line that i'll be paying attention to
0: it it just seems like fool's gold and i wasn't that's one i'm scared of and if i do if i do do it it'll be one unit maybe like 0.1 unit who knows because i'm so scared
1: (laughs) what now (laughs) so you're gonna you're gonna tweet it out uh, before Saturday, is that fair?
0: Yeah, it'll be out on the Hedging Happiness Twitter. So go get, make sure, hedge happiness, hedge underscore happiness Twitter. We're trying to be a little more active. Luke has done a good job. I've pitched in. We're both running the account. We've got, I, maybe, I think we have like four followers right now, which is really good. So th- those four are getting really good insight. But one
1: of them, one of them's definitely spam.
0: <laughs> for sure. Maybe three of them. Yeah. But. Who knows? But that's yeah, we will try to update all of this stuff on Twitter. We'll try to do Instagram as well, but Twitter's just a better platform for information purposes.
1: Yeah, it's easier. You can you can give your get your thoughts out on games on the weekend really quickly and you don't have to do all this graphic stuff which I'm not good at. Beezer's better than at, at though, but
0: No, I'm not great, but Neither of us are good. Let's uh before we get into Snake Draft, let's recap our records after week one games. We both went one and two, 33%, not great. I sit at minus one unit. We're gonna keep it really easy, just black and white. Just if you win a game, it's plus one. If you lose a game, it's minus one. Right now, I'm at minus one, and Luke is at minus two units.
1: It's really funny, we said said at the first episode that we were hoping it wouldn't be who's less negative, but we're already there.
0: a lot of football left a lot of football left guys
1: trust the model trust the model all the all these data points from week one i think it's lining up for a good week two. yeah
0: trust the model so all right so that's our week two picks let's get into snake draft i think we're uh, best heisman winners i think there's a clear number one pick here i agree so we need (laughs) we need to do like a random what random number generator between one and two
1: yeah i'll trust you
0: Okay.
1: Our rock, paper, scissors.
0: Okay, well, rock, paper, scissors. On shoot, right. ready? Rock, paper. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. What is going on here, pal?
1: <laughs> it's. It, we're close enough. Ready? Rock, okay. paper,
0: scissors. Rock, shoot. paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Wow, you I, you <laughs> saw me that's podcasting at its finest. I don't. That was very sketchy. Maybe Maybe we if don't you,
1: have the same first pick, though.
0: If you had to guess a number between one and two, what would you have picked? Two. Okay, you would have won. So that okay. makes me feel better.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, so first overall pick, I am taking the 2007 Heisman winner in Tim Tebow. You're not taking... You wouldn't take him?
0: That's big time. No, I, oh. he's not my 1-1. One, one.
1: Oh, he's the best player to ever play college football. No question about it.
0: Okay. I don't hate the pick. I do think he's i know who i would like take number the best, two the one of the best college players ever um i just, my so i'm gonna poke holes if kind of permission to poke holes sure statistically his season was great i don't think it was like some of the best numbers we've ever seen I think it was the aura that comes with Tim Tebow, the leader, the locker room, the post-game speeches. It was all of that kind of that went into this persona of Tim Tebow. College, college football, great player. I think there's better players that had better seasons.
1: Are you going uh, – I think I know who you're going. I just, I just think I figured it out. Can,
0: can I poke another hole?
1: Yeah, but it's BS because college football has changed a lot in the last fifteen years. And can Tim I Tebow it, can was I uns- another hole. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Whatever.
0: That year, they didn't win the national championship, did they?
1: His sophomore year.
0: I don't think they won his sophomore year. We'll look it up. Yeah, look that up for me. I'm going to get into my next pick while you're looking that up. Okay. Yeah. So do you, you think I'm going
1: to go? You said college football has changed, right? He won the 2006 season's national championship, but he won the, he's technically the 2007 winner. I think that's the same season though. There's no way he won it as a freshman, but he won it as a He
0: won it as a sophomore, the Heisman.
1: How the heck do he?
0: And he won as a, I think he won two. I would say he won freshman and junior year maybe, but anyways, I'm going to give my pick. Okay. This was clear 1-1 to me. Barry Sanders.
1: Oh god, you're going so far back. We can't I can't confirm or deny.
0: I've got some
1: stats for you. <laughs> you're This is like. This is so far back that we can't, like, I'm gonna Like if I drafted Davey O'Brien, like what are you gonna poke holes in that guy?
0: I Felix Barry Doc Sanders, Blanchard. If you include the bowl game, he had 2,850 rushing yards with 44 total touchdowns. That's never going to be touched ever again. That's the most insane season ever. 44 total touchdowns. I, dude, I don't, what do you got I, for me?
1: Nothing. I got nothing because it's so long ago that it's like not even like... This is like all the old geezers who say that like... Uh, Bill Russell, may rest in peace, is, like, the best ever. Like, it's, like, irrefutable. It wasn't like even 40 years ago. It's, how, when was Barry Sanders? 88. You've never seen Barry Sanders play in college. No,
0: but numbers never lie. That, <laughs> oh, my god! That season That's such a cop-out,
1: just, like, most TDs. That season CDs. was the best
0: season. 2,850 rushing yards. Okay, let me move on, because, you know, you're... You're stuck in your ways. I'll go. I'll go. New Age. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Joe Burrow. Talked about him earlier. National championship winner. Maybe the best team of all time. You could argue it. You could. 78 percent completion rate. 48 touchdowns. Six interceptions. And I don't. I think he might have hit 50 in the college football playoff games as well. What he did that season with that team. One of the best seasons we we'll, probably will ever see on one of
1: the best teams ever I agree how do you I always wonder this how do you say that LSU team is like the best team ever that's that's like thrown around a lot I just don't understand why that team over like some of these other teams that have been undefeated and are, are like how do you put them above everyone so far above everyone else not you It's said like universally
0: Yeah, it's the the beauty of sports debate—you you find something <laughs> that you can, you'll never actually have an answer to, but you stick to your opinion, and you're convinced that you're right.
1: Wow. Okay. I, so okay, what?
0: I'll, you throw on the, you throw those numbers in there, and then it's, it's Joe, it's Joe Burrow, the, the coolest cat in America. That's a home run pick right there.
1: Yeah, Joe Burrow. I feel like we're conflating like. A little bit of pro careers with with college careers. Like if we just stopped stopped it after college, I feel like like Tebow mania, like that was a thing. Like the the what was it the Neil Tebowing. Like Joe Burrow was cool in college, like whatever, but he was he got really cool in in the and pros. The, yeah, he was not he as he was a transfer. Like they he had an okay one year, and then he was like stormed onto the scene, no doubt, but like definitely not the fan favorite that he currently is.
0: Agreed with that. But that's why I have the numbers to back it
1: up. A guy who was cool in college and everyone did like in college was Johnny Manziel. And that's my second pick. And I don't, I don't, I don't even has stats. I don't need them. Like we're talking about coolness factor. We're talking about Heisman moments, like this guy's this guy had it all in college and and it, yeah he wasn't on like a championship winning team but he still won even though i think Te- texas a&m team had like two losses that year they beat bama in like one of the biggest circus plays i've ever seen it's it's a, I thought that's who you were gonna take number one
0: i don't hate the pick i i think it's a little high on the list I don't.
1: High over, high over. Just, Doug Flutie think, and and Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett and.
0: I just think it's Steve Spurrier. He, he, Is Steve
1: Spurrier your next pick? <laughs> You're up. <laughs> don't don't get lost in the snake. You're up again. <laughs>
0: yeah, that year he had was awesome. Um, I guess if I'm p- poking holes again, I I think the national championship not having that is a I think that carries a little bit of weight but so be it I you know I I don't hate the pick I just think you could have gotten that in the last pick of the draft
1: you know who I think is like a very underwhelming Heisman winner in at least in recent memory is one there's a few of them Marcus Mariota but this is also affected because of pro career so Marcus Mariota Sam Bradford
0: what if they're on my list?
1: There's no way. There's no you way.
0: Stop. Stop tipping picks.
1: If I if I were to draft like from bottom to top, I would have drafted like maybe Sam Bradford is like it's, bottom. Dude,
0: <laughs> I might pick him. All right. Okay. Go get your next pick out of the way.
1: I go back and forth, but I the guy that that pops off the page. There's two guys. I I'm debating between Lamar Jackson. There's one
0: obvious one here.
1: I'm debating between Lamar Jackson. More
0: picks that, more picks that you're giving up,
1: and, and, uh, and Cam Newton. I think I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson though, because that guy is like the most athletic guy I've ever seen on a football field. Just like makes professional athletes look so slow, and like that, it's amazing, and it shouldn't affect our picks, but that translated into the pros which just shows you how athletic he actually was it's a shame he was on louisville and they weren't great but maybe the most athletic I'm college football player t- ever
0: i'm disappointed in you
1: why because you're gonna draft archie griffin because he's won two or um, earl you, earl campbell or
0: you 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 love tipping picks right now who he are you gonna, going to? Bo, ja- Bo,
1: Bo Jackson, who you never saw play take, a down I'm gonna, football. I'm
0: taking. I'm taking the right choice of your argument. I'm taking Cam Newton.
1: Okay, that, that's. I'm okay with I that. Think,
0: I think a lot of people would forget that Lamar Jackson won a Heisman. I really do. Now he was electric. His team, but he was. He was a secondary conversation that year. Oh, have you seen this guy Lamar play? He's so good. Okay, like they were playing on like Thursday night. Secondary nights. thought. Yeah. yeah I secondary get it. thought. Secondary thought. Cam Newton, I would say, was the pre Lamar Jackson and have you seen what this guy's doing? This guy is superhuman, super Cam.
1: There was a there's a bet that I went to a bar with with my uncle back in like two thousand when did they won in two thousand ten? Two thousand ten. So, yeah. So we went to a bar to watch the Bama Auburn game, and he had Bama like minus seven, and Bama's up like twenty four nothing or something like that. And he's counting his money. And Cam, I watched highlights of that game sometimes. Cam Newton, like the number two on his jersey, looks so small. He is a he was a He looks like a tight end or maybe like a an edge rusher. And he was he so been. good. Yeah, he was
0: incredible. National champion, 28 passing touchdowns, 20 rushing touchdowns, six interceptions. He led the SEC in rushing yards, and I believe he was 15th in the country. Rushing yards. You couldn't, you couldn't game plan against this guy. I, I can't believe you went with Lamar, but I'll take it.
1: Okay, so... It's funny. I think, like, looking back at the list, like, stop me when you hear someone that you think will, like... Last the test of time, as like a Heisman winner. Can I can I get my can we finish the draft first? I thought you did. You did Cam. How many are we doing? Four. Okay, four. Okay.
0: Yeah, four, <laughs> yeah. Four, come on. Shit, four, I four, need. Four, I
1: should have said Cam Newton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: yeah, I was gonna pick him anyways. But Gosh dang it! Now so look. since
0: since you're having so much fun giving all these picks away, <laughs> and before you even pick them, Archie Griffin was on my list. Of course because he was. He won. It's like a 2 for 1 pick cuz he's the only guy to win two Heisman's. I I'm going to go with Ricky Williams instead. Another it's a good 1998 one. The Texas Orange just popped his you know, he had the hair coming out of the helmet I believe that year. He was a, fun to watch, 30 touchdowns, 2400 rushing yards including the bowl games. Pretty incredible season as well.
1: That's a good – That that's probably who I would have gone with, but because I can't now, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. I just think, like, Alabama has produced so many running backs and dominant running backs, and I thought he jumped off the screen more than anyone. Not like Lamar Jackson, not like Johnny Menzel, but for a running back as, like, as much as I'd ever seen since. I mean, do, I guess is Reggie Bush, like, are we putting him on our list or no?
0: I would put him on the list. Okay, you I'll take, take Reggie Bush.
1: I'll take Reggie Bush.
0: Yeah, take Reggie Bush. I we'll put an asterisk and say.
1: I have to know, give that before, one back. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. If you win, I'll you'll have to give it back.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I, Reg, Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Bush, Bush was one. awesome. Yeah, he was. I love that pick. Like very similar to Lamar Jackson, just like jump. Like when you saw him play, it was so fun because he'd make people look look dumb. Athletic people look dumb. So I have what I have. Tebow. Johnny Manziel, Lamar Jackson, Reggie Bush. It's definitely I have recency bias. You have Barry Sanders, Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, Ricky Williams. <laughs> we'll see we'll see what the 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 three followers plus the the spam bot says. So for the,
0: we'll put it to the few followers on Twitter as well as Instagram, but it'll be a blind, no one will know who picked what. Obviously, if you listened, you will know who picked what, but in terms of a graphic, we won't have the names with the picks to keep it as unbiased as possible. I like it. Okay, cool. I like it. I... Wow, I just some of your picks. I, you were a little unprepared. I, I will say that. You Tim Tebow is always going to be my
1: number one. And then I thought if I could get, I thought Lamar Jackson would be like up there for you. Barry Sanders. Once you took an old fogey, like as great as he may have been, we have no context for that. Once you took him, then I basically got everybody I wanted.
0: That's fine because everyone you wanted was not on my list. <laughs> All right, we'll see what let's, Mike says. Let's wrap it let's wrap it up with that i think you know we'll reconvene next week pod should be dropping next couple days but that's week two for you good luck to us good luck to anybody who decides to follow us and we'll see you guys next week